Hey friend, I'm Micah McCurry. This is the Bible Tract Echoes radio program. Thank you so much for joining me once again today. I have Pastor Dennis Leatherman on the broadcast with us. On Monday, we talked about obstacles. We began the discussion about obstacles to your witness, reasons that you might not be telling people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about lack of assurance on Monday. We talked about being locked up by fear yesterday. Remember, if you miss those broadcasts, go back on YouTube, on your favorite podcast platform and listen to them. But right now, we're going to jump in because Brother Leatherman has two more obstacles for us. Brother Leatherman, take it away. Okay, well, the, this third one that we want to uh, talk about here just a bit is one I think uh, we don't give a whole lot of thought to, but I think it's very, very real and perhaps is at the very core of why we struggle with sharing the gospel, why we struggle with obeying the great commission God has given to us in, in various aspects, and that is this, uh, Lucifer's opposition. I mean, satanic opposition to sharing the gospel and reaching people with, uh, with the message of Christ. Um, in Acts chapter 4, it's kind of interesting. Peter and John are uh, apprehended by the priests and the Sadducees, the uh, religious authorities there in Jerusalem. And um, they take them into custody and they grill them over their preaching of the gospel. Souls are getting saved. Lives are being changed. And it's a threat to these religious leaders. And so they're grilling them and threatening them in what they're doing. And it's interesting, you get down to verse 18, and these religious leaders, these Sadducees, scribes, they say to Peter and John, they say, it says, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Now I put in the margin of my Bible there, I put Satan's great commission. Of course, mm. the Lord's great commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Here, they're being commissioned, commanded to not do that, to not share the gospel, not share this message of Christ. Earlier on, verse 12, he said, Neither is there salvation any other. Peter speaking to him. For there's none other name under heaven given among whereby we must be saved. And they're telling him, don't you preach that name. That's satanic opposition. Soul winning, sharing our faith, Track distribution, personal soul winning, whatever form it takes, is spiritual warfare at its at the front lines. We are when we are taking the message of Christ into a lost world. We're taking unsaved people. We are confronting the gates of hell, straight up, and Satan pushes back. Satan fights that, and so there's a spiritual aspect to this fear, these obstacles, the soul winning. Satan stands in a way. And uh, he'll fight it every way. Uh, soul winning, track distribution, is spiritual offensive on, on this whole world with the message of Christ. Satan opposes it. If I'm not sharing my faith, if I'm not sharing the gospel, if I'm not winning souls, I'm doing exactly what Satan wants me to do. And that's something I've got to face up to, you know. Uh, there's no excuse for disobedience to God. And and Satan wants me to disobey God. Now we're gracious, we're kind, we're not obnoxious, but we've got to do it. Um, and so there's this Lucifer's opposition is what I put it. Let me give you a fourth one here. And I put it this way, living in my comfort zone. Sometimes we just get comfortable living, doing our schedule and doing our thing. And, you know, to step out and talk to someone of Christ, step out and share the gospel um, that's not really what I'm comfortable with. And so we settle in. It's interesting, again, in Acts chapter 8, 
You have the New Testament church. The church is exploding. Um, people are getting saved. But they kind of settle in. By the time you get to chapter 8, the church in Jerusalem, the believers in Jerusalem, they've kind of settled in. And I think they're getting comfortable just doing their routine, their Christian routine. And in verse number 1 of chapter 8, the Bible tells us this, And Saul uh, was consenting unto his death. This is Stephen. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church that was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And then verse 4, therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I think what happened was they got settled in. They got comfortable. And so the Lord sent some persecution in there, stir things up a little bit, get them out of their comfort zone. And then they're back out at it, sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel of Christ. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11, God is addressing Israel. And he references an eagle stirring up her nest. Now, eagles are majestic birds. Their nests are massive. Um, they're huge. You could put a car in them, some of them. And what happens is the eagles have those little baby eaglets. And that's all they've ever known. So from the moment they hatch, all they've ever known is this very comfortable nest that mom and dad have made. It's lined with feathers. It's just the food's brought to them. In fact, they drop it down their throat for them. You know, everything's comfortable and easy and fine. But eventually there comes a point where those little eaglets grow up and they got to get out of the nest. They're not designed to live there forever. And the Lord referenced this eagle stirring up her nest. And what he's talking about is at some point that eagle, will, with her talons, begin to disrupt the lining of that nest. And uh, those sticks and... and um, uh, branches that they've used for the foundation, the structure of that nest, begin to protrude through the feathers, the, the softness there, and it begins to poke those little, those little eaglets. And the idea is this, listen, you're not, you got to get out of here. You got to get up and get out. And sometimes God does that for us. You know, he'll start things up. Sometimes we need him to, uh, to poke things around a little bit and get us up out of our comfort zone and get out, start winning souls. It may be some tragedy and we suddenly we're faced with the reality of heaven and hell, death, life and death. And that stirs us and we need that to get us and be willing to do something. I saw a cartoon years ago. A fellow was standing up before a crowd and he says, how many people want change? And everybody raised their hand. Oh yeah, we want change. Then he asked this question, how many people are willing to be changed? Of course, nobody raises their hand. So sometimes we want to see souls saved. We want people to come to Christ, but we're hesitant to change our schedule to get out and see them saved. You know, Thursday night soul winning, well, that's my favorite TV show's on or something. And, um, you know, if we want to overcome that obstacle, we got to step out, get out of our comfort zone and uh, and see what God will do. Let just let God use us in a great way. So we have to continually challenge ourselves. We just have to challenge ourselves. Step out of that comfort zone. Act by act on faith, and just start talking to people about Christ. Start giving out those gospel tracts. You know, maybe Amen. go through a neighborhood, knock on doors. Amen. It's amazing to think 
uh, there's so many illustrations you could use, and you gave some marvelous ones. I think of uh, here in the Midwest, we have a large Christian football camp that I get to be a part of the leadership of, Midwest Christian Boys Football Camp. And I think of the boys that I go to churches, and they say, I'm coming to football camp, and what can I do to get ready? Well, there's so many different answers to that. You can talk about the physical preparation, the spiritual preparation, all those types of things. But if we talk, if we use the physical illustration for the lack of comfort, the discomfort you're talking about, the stirring up that's necessary. If you have a goal of getting stronger, getting more fit, uh, all those types of things, let's just take one small exercise like push-ups. If I said, hey, uh, you know, drop and give me 100 push-ups. Well, the vast majority of the population, including myself, is going to struggle mightily with that. But you got to start somewhere. You got to start. Maybe all you can do gasping and wheezing, much like me. Maybe we can push out five push-ups, and maybe we need to do them on our knees or something like that. But the way I'm going with this is, it's the same for gospel tracks. It's the same for witnessing. I'm not assuming you're going to go stand up on you know Mars Hill like Paul was, and and you know, just you know, bring the word you know with thunder and lightning like 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 Elijah and fire and all that. But you have to start somewhere. And to a Christian, Brother Leatherman, we got about, about three minutes left. We, we touched on this a little bit the other day, but talk to us for just a minute. For a Christian that's never passed out a gospel track before, I guarantee there are some listening right now. They've never done it before. What would you, besides getting gospel tracks in the first place, which they could get for free at BibleTracksInc.org, how would you counsel, maybe if someone come to your church, they want to get to get involved with the Great Commission. How would you counsel them from the very beginning? Well, like you said, number one, have tracks available. Um, sometimes you stick them in your pocket or ladies put them in their purse. We forget about them. Um, one thing I try to do, encourage folks, when you go in the store, take it out of your pocket, hold it in your hand. Mm. That way it's right there, and while I'm talking to somebody, I'm holding in my hand, and it's, and it's uh, easier to give out. Um, other ways is um, I paid some bills this morning. I always drop a gospel track in with the bill, my check, and um, I know a lot of people do online now, but I, I'm old school. And the other thing is what I would do, if you're serious about it, and you say, well, I don't know where to begin, I'd find someone in the church that's already doing it, mm-hmm. and i just ask them, can, I, can you— can I go with you? Can um, you show me? You know, let's go make some visits or go to a downtown on the street or something, whatever. But find somebody that's already doing it and and, um, and tag along with them. So that would be some places to start. Absolutely. It's well, like the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. And backing up just a little bit from that, one of the great joys we have here at Bible Tracks Incorporated is to help Christians that are looking for a good Bible-believing church. Now, people that are listening right now, you may be shocked or not shocked by this. I'd have to look at the exact numbers, uh, but I would hazard a guess, and this comes off of actual us asking the question, probably more than 5% of, of people that order from our ministry, Brother Leatherman, don't have a church that they would call their home. Mm. Now, mm. That, tell, that encourages me because those 5%, I mean, that's one in 20, those 5% are so consumed with the Great Commission, so evangelistically minded, that even in the absence of that fire of a home church, they're sti- they still want to tell people about the Lord. And I'm excited about that. But one of the opportunities we have is to connect people with a good local church. But Leatherman, you've been pastoring for about 30 years now. You know a good home church is so important. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes back to something we said on, I think, our first broadcast Monday, um, that folks, maybe they're not in a church that emphasizes this, that has a real soul-winning consciousness about it, but something down inside their heart and soul, I want to be a witness, I want to share Christ, I want to see others saved. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And acting on that, then God can lead and direct and... um, and, you know, pray, you know, pray and ask God for boldness, pray and pray for revival in your church, you know, Amen. that God would stir the church that, you know, would maybe get on board with this. Amen. Brother Lemon, thank you so much. I believe, if, I'm, if my math is correct, do we have three more obstacles? I believe so, right? Uh, yes, at least three. At least three, and we only have two more days. And so you, the listener, you got to jump in. You got to tune your ears. You got to got to put on your uh, your mental sprint ability. You got to be able to keep up with us. Okay, make sure you join us tomorrow on Bible Tracked Echoes. Thank you so much for listening. My prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for His glory. Brother Leatherman will be with us tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.